a college degree was in your future. Then life took a different turn. Jump back into school with confidence in a program designed for adults like you. Experience the support of a personal enrollment counselor. They'll walk with you through every step of the enrollment process. Move smoothly from one course to the next with books delivered right to you before each course. Returning to school can be seamless when you have the right support. Thrive without ceasing. Start today at adult.cornerstone.edu. Grandparents, at Vanguard, you're more than just a grandparent. You're the family historians. You fill your closets with heirlooms, family photos, and letters from long ago. You're always planning the next family reunion, even at the reunion. Because for you, time well spent is time spent on them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Today on the Zavecast, the Brewers seal the deal and stun the Cubs at Wrigley. Now how far can this magical team go? The NFL's passing numbers have never been more inflated. Andy Poland joins me to discuss whether anybody in the league office gives a crap. All that plus the million things we still don't know one year later after the Las Vegas shooting. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. Thank you for the download and congratulations to the Milwaukee Brewers who are your NL Central champions for 2018 and they will have home field advantage as far as they can go to the World Series in the National League. What a day, what a day, what a moment, what a run by this team. My goodness. A 5% chance on September 1st, according to the eggheads, according to the nerds, according to the numbers crunchers. It's the old phrase. So you're saying there's a chance. What a perfect game that the Brewers played and pretty much just, it, it was flawless the way it went down. Chassin went a five and two thirds, gave up one hit, set up the bullpen perfectly, you had Kane with a go-ahead single in the eighth inning. Yelich kept raking. He finishes now having won the NL batting title, hitting 326. Had 110 ribs, one behind Javi Baez. Finished with 36 home runs, just two shy of Nolan Arenado. And the tiebreakers were game 163 of the regular season, and Arenado's homer counted in the totals. Milwaukee trailed Chicago by as many as five games of September, but manager Craig Council's club pushed the season to an extra day with a furious finish, then used their deep lineup and bullpen to outlast the playoff-tested Cubs. And more shocking was the fact that a sizable portion of, of the field, of the crowd at Wrigley Field, was Brewer fans. I was stunned. My good buddy Mikey O'Neill said that he's going. He's like, I got tickets for tomorrow. He said this to me last night. I'm like, oh my God. Looks like Mike got caught up in the moment and splurged. I thought he would have spent eight, 900 bucks for two tickets for he and his wife? No. 140 bucks each, and they were great seats. They were like ninth row behind the first base dugout. Game was not a sellout, and I know that people say, well, it's an unplanned game on less than 24 hours' notice. 
the Cubs fans were already banking on, well, we're playing some form of postseason baseball, either a home wild card game or the start of the NL Division Series. So we're not going to plan for this. But still, you'd think, think there would have been enough people that would pour in. A lot of Brewer fans poured in. It had to feel great, given how badly the Cubs take over Miller Park on a regular basis, for there to be a sizable Brewer contingent in the stands on a rather a cool but otherwise nice October afternoon. Here was the final call from the longtime and legendary voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, Bob Euchre. One and two on Rizzo. Everybody on their feet here. Hater ready again. Here it is. Swinging fly ball in the right center. Broxton is there. And there it was, great call from Uke, and I mean, tell you what, I'm watching the game, and I'm we were on the air actually. Just my show had started here in D.C. at four o'clock, and I'm giving unauthorized accounts and descriptions of the game without express written consent from Major League Baseball. And once Baez got on after a very tough at bat against Hater, uh, Rizzo comes up, and you got to respect his power, and he turns. He turns on that last fly ball out, and I'm like, oh, shit, no. Please, God. Please, God, no. And then you see that, nope, didn't catch nearly enough of it. It was going to be a harmless fly ball out. And then the celebration was on. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, here was here was Craig Council after the game, the Whitefish Bay boy who once grew up idolizing the Brewers of yore, talking to the team in the champagne-soaked clubhouse at Wrigley. And a lot of you guys were here for that. This year we're having a special moment in this clubhouse. And it's because you guys decided to be a family. You decided to be a family. You decided to be connected. You decided to sacrifice for each other. And we just took the first step. We got another celebration this weekend. in this room every single person here has contributed to where we're at today everybody should feel incredible about- all right i apologize i called up the wrong clip that was from clinching clinching the uh just a playoff berth uh that was not actually after the game at wrigley i, I don't know what i did with that soundbite i swear to god i had it somewhere here and of course i've lost it anyway caught up in the moment we'll talk more about this with drew olson tomorrow on the zabe cast uh, full react from Drew and thoughts about the team. The question I'm going to ask him, and you heard that bite from Council saying, hey, we decided to be a family. How much did the team rallying around Hader following the tweets at the All-Star game help contribute to the notion of, hey, we're in this thing together? That, okay, I don't really like some of those things that you said, but you manned up, you apologized for it. We're a family, we're going to rally, we're going to circle the wagons, and we're going to protect our own. And we're going to go forward. I'll ask Drew about that tomorrow. I think that probably had to help to some degree. All right, we got some other stuff to get to before we get to Andy Poland. I love sports radio. Sports radio is great because you can just be a blowhard about anything. 
And you can be wrong as rain. And you can be not only wrong as rain, you can then come back and lie about how wrong you were. And who's going to, what are you going to do, get fired? No, not at all. This is Tony Maserati in Boston on 98.5 The Fanatic, I believe, talking about Sony Michelle. And the previous week, Sony Michelle, uh, Maserati said he sucks, he blows. Then, after Sony Michelle has a big game, 25 carries for 100 and some odd yards, uh, Sony Michelle or Maserati says, I'm not sitting here telling he blows. Take a listen. Impressed by Sony Michelle yesterday, Maz? No. No, I wasn't. Hey, Maz. Yes, Joe. Give the guy a break. It's only been his, what, his fourth game into the season? That's correct. He's Give a him a break. He'll be all right. Okay, Maz, give him a break. Yeah, no, no, listen again. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you he blows. All right, now let's go back to last week. Or decision-making, coaching, i.e., I mean, you mentioned Sony Michelle. He sucks. He blows. That guy's awful. I'm not sitting here telling you he blows. He blows. That guy's awful. I'm not sitting here telling you he blows. He blows. That guy's awful. Ah, oh, it's just great. That's just great. I love this business. See, this is what I try not to be. I try not to be a hot take artist. I try not to be completely hypocritical. When my opinion changes about something, I freely admit so. When I'm wrong, I I almost revel in my wrongness about it. But I guess that's why, uh, you know, I'm not as big and famous as certain people. I guess. Maybe I should be like that. Just call people, he blows. And then, you know, a guy has a good game. I'm not saying he blows. Why, why would you say that? Speaking of blows, okay, I'm now off the Patrick Reed wagon. If I was ever really on it, I'm now off of it. This this stuff that blew up afterwards, after the Ryder Cup, is something else. Apparently, Jordan Spieth did not want to play with Patrick Reed. And that bothered Patrick Reed, even though he said, look, I don't have to like whoever I'm playing with. He just was like, I thought we were a good team. I thought we would have been good together, which, by the way, they were. They were the good team uh, in 2014 when they lost and 2016 when they won. But Reed said to the New York Times after the final question of the glum press conference at Le Golf National, said Patrick Reed, the issue is obviously with Jordan not wanting to play me, he said to the New York Times. I don't have any issue with Jordan. When it comes right down to it, I don't care if I like the person I'm paired with or if the person likes me as long as it works and it sets up the team for success. He and I know how to make each other better. We know how to get the job done. Yet when the Americans were asked about the split of the post-event press conference, Spieth was diplomatic, saying it was a group decision that all were involved in. Reed called BS on it, saying, I was looking at Jordan like I was about to light the room up like Phil in 2014. This was after Phil, of course, threw uh, Tom Watson under the bus, saying it was his fault. He was mean. He didn't take our input on pairings. Now you got Jordan Reed going to the New York Times saying, yeah, man, he didn't want to play. He didn't want to play with me. Reed was also unhappy that Furyk sat him out for two sessions by saying, quote, for somebody as successful as I am in the Ryder Cup, I don't think it's smart to sit me twice. In Saturday's morning session with Woods, writes Joel Beal in Golf World, a casual observer 
tallied that Reed must have shot 85. Over the weekend, Reed's wife Justine was angry about a GolfChannel.com editor's comment on Reed's less than stellar play, and also made it also made mention that it was Speed that wanted to break up the pairing. Jesus, all the drama! I mean, come on. Reed and Woods lost their first match against Fleetwood and Molinari. After which, Reed said Woods apologized to him for letting him down. Reed then said he told Tiger, "We win together as a team, and we lose together." as a team wow this guy of course there's more to it than that there's a couple of sound bites to play here uh one is uh patrick reed with jordan spieth at the dell match play this past spring where they ended up playing each other patrick reed won that match if i recall and listen to this because you know reed and spieth are nice and complimentary but then listen to the shot at the end that Patrick Reed takes a Jordan Spieth. He's a phenomenal putter. He he really is, especially in this format where he putts aggressively. He's very consistent. You know, he hits the ball well, he chips the ball well, and, and he, you know, he puts it really well. If I can have the ball in my hands more uh, by the by the time we're hitting our closing putts on the greens, then uh, certainly that's a big advantage uh, when you have a great putter like Patrick. He's not going to give you holes. You have to go and play some good golf, and that's what it's going to come down to is who's going to be playing good golf. We've, we've been successful as a team, and I, it's been from trying to outdo the other. If we try to beat each other and one-up each other, when we do that, the other team just seems to you know, not really have a chance. I was really off at the 16 Ryder Cup and a couple of those matches, and Patrick just put the team on his back. What do you think his, his key strength is when it comes to match play? I don't know. My back still hurts from the last Ryder Cup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. oh, no, he did Then there was this incident in which Patrick Reed was begging for a favorable ruling on a drop deep in the palms and weeds of some tournament earlier this year and take a listen to what he says after he's not getting the answer he wants from the rules official. I guess my name needs to be Jordan Speeth. Oh. <laughs> oh, I guess my name needs to be Jordan Speeth. By the way, there's a female voice there that seems to chime up like anyone else would get a drop. I wonder if that's his wife, his fiery wife who is always by his side. Let me see something see if there's an animal. Anyone else get a drop out there? Hey, how about you don't hit it in there? Would be a good idea, and then don't beg for a ruling. Now, some say he was just jokingly referring to Jordan Spieth getting the drop at the British Open on the range and through the equipment trailers and yada 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 that helped him win the tournament. But it eh, might be a little bit more to it than that. That's fine. I want a third opinion. I'm allowed that. Yeah, I do. I do want a third opinion. From unbiased source. Unbiased source. I want a third opinion. Oh, God. What an asshole. Look, you know what? Until we squash these little squabbles, until we actually come together as a team, we're not going to win these things. I mean, we might if we set up the course just the way we like it and... 
don't throw it away like we did at uh, Medina. And we get lucky with a European team that comes in very weak like they did in 2016. I don't see us winning over there anytime soon. And not with this bullshit. But catfight. Golfing catfight. You gotta love it. And by love it, you gotta hate it. You gotta laugh and say, God, this is golf, right? These guys are really bent out of shape of who they play with. Uh, Apparently the answer is yes. Yes, they are bent out of shape about that. All right, without further ado, my good friend and former broadcast partner, Andrew Poland joins us now. All right, so there we go. I Don't you love it that Dwight Howard is already being kept out of practices for out of, just out of caution with his bad back? I love this. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> we'll see, man. People are hyped up like, no, he's going to be good. I swear, this time it's a new Dwight Howard. Yeah, look, he's he's got good numbers. His, his numbers are good for a big man. He's, what, 16 points? 12 rebounds, something like that. Yeah, but that, every team the, he's on wants to get rid of him. Right, that's the every point. Every team, they're it, like, it, get this asshole off our team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing that if you're a cancer and you can't play, they get you out of the league. But if you're a cancer and you can play, you keep getting more chances. So this is the latest team to say, oh, no, no, we don't care about the past. We think that he'll fit in nicely with us. I tell you what, I give the NBA this for one of the most, for one of the least uh, compelling leagues in terms of, hey, what's going to happen this year? They get the most coverage, Andy, of any sport I have ever seen. And I guess it's just because the younger demographic loves the NBA, so they cover the shit out of it. Like, if I literally have to see another Wizards preseason game update on my Twitter timeline, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, it's uh, as we speak, Knicks 46, Wizards 38. Oh, <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass. It's preseason, for God's sakes. Yeah, but Austin Rivers, come on. Aren't you excited about him? Oh, Is that yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. So did you see, by the way, where it's, while we're on the uh, the NBA, and then we'll get off of it because there's too much good NBA or too much good NFL stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, did you see where apparently Tyron Lewis said that this year is not going to be about wins and losses with the Cavaliers, but wins and lessons? Wins uh. and lessons this year. Yeah, is is that's kind of like uh, Mike Shashevsky saying he doesn't play for championships; he plays for relationships. That's why. Yeah, I, I don't coach for championships; I coach for relationships. Yeah, because yeah. I'm so special. Yeah. yeah, the Cavaliers are going to suck without LeBron James, and uh, we pretty much know that. I think Toronto's going to be good with Kawhi Leonard. I think Boston's mm-hmm. going to be loaded. They're probably the favorite in the East. The Wizards yep. might be somewhere in the mix, third, fourth, fifth best team, maybe depending on how it shakes out. Well. You know, I, I just think that you, you, there was a story in the paper over the weekend that they've got the most expiring contracts they've had since 2014, 2015, when they had 11, you know, when they were trying to clear the decks for Durant. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, it just didn't work. And now I think six of the top ten in the rotation have expiring contracts. So it could be a problem. I mean, for the Wizards being good. Yeah. yeah I, I, think I, I mean, are we, are we better than the Sixers? Are we better than the Celtics? Are we better than the Raptors? I don't think they're better than Philly. Are, are they we, better than Philly? No, are, they're not better than Toronto. Are we, no. are we better than the Pacers or the Bucks? Are we better Maybe. than... Okay, so we're like fifth in the in the East. 
which is Maybe. which yeah. is great. But I'm going to go out on a limb. I bet Golden State is going to be good this year. I got a hey. feeling about them. I think they're going to be pretty good. <laughs> Do you think it's possible that the Lakers will miss the playoffs with LeBron? That would be something else. And that's the big question. Like, I don't quite know how good L.A. is going to be with him. Obviously, he's going to make him good right away. But it's just a matter of right. how good. How good, how quick, and what bumps along the way. Will there be a point in which LeBron says this year, man, I need better supporting cast than this? Yeah, I think that that's that's possible. Um, and you know, what if, uh, what if old LeVar, you know, starts getting in his grill a little bit, you know, will that, <laughs> do you know, you know, I heard a theory that LeVar ball was getting paid to shut up by the Lakers. That could be, uh, I wouldn't put that past magic Johnson. That, that, uh, that would make some sense. Cause basically put said... him on, put him on the payroll for some nominal amount, like an advisory fee of 250 grand a year. And as stipulation yeah. for that shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, is it possible that that Magic said to him, the first time you pipe up, uh, we're going to send him to Cleveland. We're going to send your boy to Cleveland. I, I don't okay? think I don't think that's possible because he his kids an asset they spent a high pick on the what the number two I overall understand. pick, number three overall pick. Yeah. So yeah, so, the, know, so that's but, a kind of an idle threat. Maybe the long con all along was Lavar Ball saying, "Watch, I'm going to be such a pain in the ass." They'll eventually have to give me a title and money to shut up. <laughs> if so, I got to tip my hat to him because that's genius. All right, enough damn basketball. Let's get to the juiciness that is the NFL. You think the Cleveland Browns got royally screwed on Sunday? Well, there were two calls. Uh, one was an obvious fumble uh, that didn't go their way. That's one thing. But the replay, yep. where it, it was pretty clear that the, they got even shortchanged on the spot, and then on the field it was called the first down, they went to replay, they go to Dean Blandino to, to analyze it, and he says, oh, yeah, that, that, that's a first down. And then they reverse it, and, and he's, they and don't he's flabbergasted. Get... Yeah, Blandino. Yeah. I, love it. I love it how Blandino is now stunned that even he can't tell what is or is not a right call in the NFL. Right. I mean, that, it, well, first of all, if the NFL is so sure that their replay system is good, then why would you allow second-guessers who have worked for your side to work for the league? I mean, Mike Perry well, has been doing it for a while. They can't stop yeah. it, though. Once guys they, leave the league, what can they do? Well, I mean, they, they could include it as part of the TV contract. Uh, right? Well, then I don't think they can tell the networks you're not allowed to hire ex-referees. I don't know about that. They they might have some sway in that. But how about the, just here, be here, more? How about just be more transparent? Here's what is amazing: Ian Rapport reports that the competition committee doesn't think the Clay Matthews hit on Kirk Cousins was a foul, but Alberto right. Riveron has not included that play with any explanation in two subsequent videos that he puts out every week about controversial calls. So the league is literally ignoring it, and it's taking reporters like Rappaport to actually yeah. sort of ferret this stuff out. This league is just unbelievable at times. Yes, but on a Sunday when the Redskins aren't playing and you can watch the Red Zone channel for seven hours straight, it's pretty good. <laughs> I know, but did you see what happened at the end of the Red Zone run at yeah, 8 o'clock? So yeah. the league forces the red zone to cut away. Why? 
is it that or is it that the red zone doesn't want to pay for the extra hour of satellite time? Is that possible? Okay. It all doesn't matter, Andy. Think about this. What other business purposely denies customers the product that they love and the product they pay for? Because the red zone, it's you pay for it even if it's included in your cable television tier, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I like You're it. You're paying I, 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 for a product. You love yeah. that product, and the NFL actively goes out and thwarts you from seeing that product. I missed the entire first quarter of the Giants-Saints game because the our local affiliate, WSA 9, picked up yeah. the Colts-Texans overtime game and stuck with that instead, and my DirecTV blacked out my Sunday ticket carry of the Giants-Saints game. So I couldn't see it, even though I'm paying money, $400. They for blacked the- it out? Because it was shown locally? Was that the reason? It, yes, because the local affiliate possessed the right to show oh. us Saints-Giants, but they chose not to because they thought an overtime game was more interesting. I guarantee you, no one in our market gave two fucks about the Texans <laughs> and the Colts. They yeah. cared about the Giants. Do you know how many New Yorker? well, you know this, Andy, we have a heavy New York contingent of fans in the D.C. area. Lawyers, businessmen, politicians, they wanted to watch the Giants game. They missed the whole first quarter. Yeah, well, I I know this. I mean, this goes way back. The the Bullets, when they were in Baltimore, used to play games at Cole Fieldhouse to, you know, get some support from the D.C. area. And they always played the Knicks. And the crowd was like 70% Nick fans when they would play at Cole. So yeah. this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, because a lot of transplanted New Yorkers here, no question. All yeah. that said, it's great to see the Giants lose, great to see the Eagles lose. We almost had yes. the NFC East trifecta where the Cowboys almost lost. But here we are coming off a bye, 2-1 and one atop the division for now. And mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the Giants are going to suck all year. I think the Cowboys aren't a real threat. And the Eagles may not be world beaters this year. Do you feel good as a Redskin fan? We might be in this. They might be in it, but how many years have we judged how the season was going to go through three games? Right. Well, you do this all the time as a fan. Yeah, yeah. but but and, and all of a sudden, after being off for a week, you wake up Monday morning and the division didn't do very well, except for the Cowboys, and you think, oh yeah, we're the best team in the division. I don't know if the Redskins are the best team in the division. Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to tell. I was thinking about this though. If this Adrian Peterson thing is working, what and thing? it does appear, well, that he's playing and he's playing well at you least know, in two of the three games. You know, he was in a walking boot this bye week because of a sprained ankle. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, they said that for him the bye week came at the right time, but he'll play. He's he's come back from injuries as you know very well before. Would you, because I think what they really lack right now is a game-breaking wide receiver, would you uh, now you think, think? Yeah, trade for who? No, no. Oh, Dez. Dez, Dez, Dez still sitting out there. Would, would you say to yourself, hmm, this Peterson thing is working. Do we roll the dice again <laughs> and bring in Dez? Uh, no, I'm against that because Dez is no longer a game-breaking wide receiver. He is a former number one who does not separate very well these days. And as right. soon as he comes in, he's going to be out of shape. They're going to have to work him into the offense. He has to understand the offense. And then he's going to demand, oh, 17 targets a week. And when he doesn't get those 17 targets, plus if you bring in Dez, here's why they won't do it. You are admitting defeat on Josh Doxson. 
Well, I think I was just going to say that I think it's time because he's a guy who doesn't seem to want the ball, and the alpha wide receivers always want the ball. Uh, you know, it's still early in his career. I understand that between the two first seasons, he's only really played a year, so he's only three games into really what is like his second year. But to me, I just haven't seen it. He doesn't have the, the separation. I he agree. Seem to have the attitude. No, he doesn't. He seems like a really nice kid. Yeah, soft. Yeah. A nice yeah. kid who's glad he's in the NFL, making NFL money. But otherwise, eh, takes it as it yeah. comes. Doesn't seem like yeah. a badass. Now, listen. Are you for Dez? Are you actually advocating this? I, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> you're, you're browsing. <laughs> I have the brochure titled, yeah. So You'd Like to Sign Des Bryant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Question. Uh, and, and, and what's, what's Question. the downside? So he comes ah, in. Ah, he's a pain ah. in the ass for two weeks. You cut him. It's not, you're not giving him big money. Question. Do you not see yourself? I feel like I'm your counselor now. Andrew? <laughs> Don't you see you falling in the same destructive patterns of the Redskins of 2001, 2002? The whole what's the downside? How about let me turn it around this way, Andy, and say, where are we going with Adrian Peterson and Des Bryant? Well, you know, you could possibly be a playoff team. And in this town, (laughs) of what's happened the last 25 years, that's a win. No, that is a horrible way to think. We're not building anything going that route, and we're not going anywhere meaningful. And you know how this league moves and changes. This will be ain't both Peterson and Des Bryant, whether he comes here or not, will be so ancient news by October of 2019, it'll make your head spin. Well, 2019, you, you've got guys coming back, so you, so you don't need Peterson anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So this I is mean, just a temporary deal. fix. This, this, okay. Yeah, yeah. This, it's all it's all for 2018. It's not he's built not, for the future. He's so, not. What Peterson's, do you make? Peterson's not making it through 16 games. Probably no, not. Probably not. No chance. Yeah, but but let me ask you this: What do you make of Doug Williams coming on your radio station? Oh yeah. Let's go ahead and lay it out. He was scolded for bringing in Adrian Peterson. What, what do you make of that? Well, Doug Williams went on with Doc Walker, and yeah. they were they were talking because uh, they were no, they were never teammates, no. but they're ex Redskins, so they're all part of the Burgundy and yeah. Gold family. And basically, uh, Doug Williams said, "Yeah, he was scolded because I guess Bruce and Dan didn't know that didn't, they, know. didn't know that he was bringing them in to take a look, and then they ended up signing him." I don't know what yeah. to make. I don't know what to make of anything anymore, Andy. Like I know that I know that Chris Russell on your station tweeted out over the weekend that there's word that Dan Snyder is livid at how this went down, and people attacked him saying, "What do you know, Russell?" Blah blah blah. Do you, you think, think he's still livid? You think you think that that, that two of the three wins I, I don't think are greatly know. attributed. I, mean, I don't know two of the wins. I don't know. I mean, it's just odd. It's just a. Yeah. It's it's an odd. I mean, do you think if Dan Snyder found out they were going to bring in Adrian Peterson, he would have canceled the workout? No, I don't know why you would let let I, your right. let your football people do football things, and then if they say, "Look, we could sign him. Here's how much. Here's what I think he can do for us." You make an evaluation and go with it. None of this yeah. shit should be that hard. There shouldn't be any. I mean, this is just football. Hey, he's available. Yeah. Bring him in. Try him out. See what he looks like. If he's good, sign him. If not, see on down the road. I don't get it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see, other stuff from the weekend. Uh, I guess the Ryan Fitzmagic is now finally out. Can you wow. can you compare Fitzmagic as a player to anyone else in NFL history? Uh, somebody who, who bubbled up for three weeks and then the pumpkin turned into a carriage like but that? But it's like this has happened now at repeated stops. He is what I call a journeyman baller. That he is a journeyman in skill set, and over time it's going to be proven. But for brief spurts, he looks like hell on wheels. Yeah, I I don't understand it. You know, part of it was that that Mitch Trubisky was just on fire. I mean, the the defense of Tampa Bay was ridiculously bad. Uh, But he he didn't help him either. He he did not have a a very good day. Um, And, and, you know, it kind of works for the Bucs because they were in a – a ticklish position. I mean, you, you got to play Jameis Winston. You got to find out if he's your long-term guy. He's and, a he's a one slash one. You've got your whole franchise. Your franchise set your course a five yeah. plus year course on Jameis Winston. You can't back off of that now. Not because right. I mean, as bad as what it was, he did fucking degenerate. You know, uh, you know, yeah. asshole that he is. You can't stop the train just for that. You let him pay his penalty, let him sit out his time, and then you get right back in the Jameis Winston business. Yeah, you're too invested. So it, it, it kind of works in their favor. But on the other hand, you know, do you bring in Fitzpatrick to some other team? How about this? Do you think if you are San Francisco that you might be interested knowing that he could give you a good second half of the year? I don't know. Where's San Francisco going? I mean – Nobody is beating the Rams in that division. Period. True, true. But they they maybe could be a wild card I team. Guess. They're, they're they're playing Bobby Bethard's grandson. It wasn't that terrible yesterday, but uh, they didn't win the game. By the way, so, did I, I did know. I ask you whether you have regrets that we let McVay get away, and that well, the long I, lens I, of history is going to say, "Holy shit! How do we not fire Gruden and just promote Sean McVay?" Oh, if they knew what they know now, of course they would. But, I mean, when when Sean McVay left the Redskins to interview for head coaching jobs at the age of, what, 30? Everybody said, everybody said from Cooley on down, this guy is unbelievable. He is a wonder well, kid. He, he, He's got stardom written all over him. Don't say we didn't know what we had. We had him in-house, well, and we let him get out the door. Well, because because it, it, it because you're the Redskins. If you were another organization, you might be able to pull it off. But because you're the Redskins, if you fail with this, then you're the laughing stock again. So, so what? They, Let them laugh. Yeah, I guess you, you you could you could say that. But if if you know, like like if you're if you're Pittsburgh and you've got guys like uh, Russ Grimm, who's been in your organization a long time, is ready for a head coaching job, and then at the last second you go. Mike Tomlin, people say, oh, well, there's Pittsburgh. They know what they're doing. But if the Redskins do something like that, it's, ah, look at them reaching again. They had Steve Spurrier. This is what they do, you know. Yeah, I guess so. so. Uh, Your thoughts on Earl Thomas flipping off his own team as he left the field on a cart? Well, you know, I, I've seen people like Rich Eisen who are, are very defensive of, of what he oh, he, he, you know he's going to get paid. He's got to get paid because these guys get hurt all the time. He's been bitching about going to Dallas for like two years, right? A while. And, yeah. And, and so, and then he wants a new contract, complain, complain, complain. And then he gets hurt. And what, he's angry at his teammates for getting hurt? 
it looked to me like it was a pretty routine play that he broke his leg. It was it? totally I mean, like he was just stumbling towards the uh, wide receiver in the end zone and fell forward and then banged his leg on the yeah. butt, on the butt or the leg of the receiver. And I'm like, wow, that's weird that that's a broken leg. But that's what can happen. See, I think it's a, it's a, it's a little bit much to say these guys deserve to get paid. He has been paid. Right. And injuries of all sorts are going to keep happening. You know, a broken leg sounds awful, but it's actually better than a knee, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's, he, he, he could sign with Dallas in the offseason now. He's, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, like, he'll I don't, come back from that. Until I read Dr. David Chow and his analysis of the injury, a broken leg, if it's clean, and if it's one of the bones in your leg that's not that important, way better than an ankle, way better than an Achilles, way better than a knee. And he will be although, free to sign next year. Although I, I did hear that, that it was the same leg he broke a couple of years ago. So, you know, maybe it's a chronic thing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, how soon before we get cyborg football where guys are playing literally with one bionic appendage on every team? <laughs> An arm, a leg. Here's the other thing about the NFL right now. You've noticed all these passing records being set all over the place. That the league is going to have a pile of data. This is worse than the juiced ball era in baseball. The number of dumbasses throwing for 450 yards is astounding. Well, you you can't hit the quarterback anymore. I know. You can't tackle him. You can't look at him. You can't touch him. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, guys like Doug Atkins, who used to pick up Sonny Jurgensen and Johnny Unitas and throw them aside like a piece of trash, they don't allow that anymore. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> well, like, I was stunned. The stat, there's two things that I was stunned by. First of all, Fitzpatrick became the first quarterback ever in league history, Andy, to throw for 400 yards in three straight weeks. Yeah, I saw that. But Stunning! That, that's, it, Stunning. Like, I can't believe nobody. I can't believe Peyton Manning never did it. I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers never did it. I can't believe that Dan Fouts back in the day didn't do it, that Dan Marino didn't do it once upon a time. Well, because the rules were different. You, you could hit the quarterback. And, you know, the, the shotgun, which is, which is now like 90% of, of, of snaps. Shotgun 95%. or pistol, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's all the time. So, like, I was watching a lot of the Cleveland game, and Baker Mayfield had one of his turnovers when he went under center. Oh, he's not used to doing that. He's never <laughs> done know. that before. It's very weird. Where do, where do I put my hands? Right under his ass yeah. like that? That seems weird. So, yeah. do, you think, do you think anyone at the league or any owner is saying to anybody, hey, we need to slow this down. We are permanently disfiguring the numbers associated with our game. We'll have no way in the future of deciding, well, this, was this guy really great or not? How are Hall of Fame voters, who are, who are small-minded, biased numbskulls on a good day, going to sort out these horribly inflated numbers? Well, they can't. That, that's the one good thing about football versus baseball. Baseball, the numbers are important. Football, they're not. Nobody knows exactly how many yards Emmett Smith ran for. Well, they're not. And, they're not mythologized, but they're important. This in this regard, they're used in Hall of Fame induction considerations. They are to a certain extent, but but Lynn Swan is in the Hall of Fame. I think he's got less than four hundred career catches. I know, but so, as as the game changes and guys' numbers quickly get swamped, 
they can if they don't get in early, they can get left behind. Art Monk was a victim of this. Luckily, he finally got in. But Art yeah, Art yeah. Monk's numbers were the best of all time until the game radically changed in the nineties, and then it's like, hey, his numbers don't look so good anymore. Yeah, that's that's true, but I I still think that at least they can look at him relative to his era, yeah. and and I I think that that's important. I, I the the one thing is that people don't know the numbers in football like baseball, so it's less important. Now I, mean, I agree with you on the Hall of Fame voters, and this Joe Jacoby thing makes me furious every minute. Of course, but, um, you know, but I I do think that that they do take into account the era. All right, a couple college football things, then I'm gonna let you sound off on the Ryder Cup. How much of the Ryder Cup do you watch? Very little. See, I was I was going to, but but when I was hearing the updates that there, there was it was a blowout. We Tiger didn't two. win a point, and Phil didn't win a point, and I'm thinking, what's <laughs> and, and you know what really bothers me? Watching these heroes celebrate like they landed on the moon or something. They're God, having I mean, they're having fun. They're kicking our ass. Why shouldn't they right. celebrate? All right. <laughs> you know, and it, it was it was on early in the morning, which would have suited you very well. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't tune in. You didn't miss much other than Tiger going O and four, yeah, O and, and four. And, then, uh, yeah. and, and didn't I read read some guy named Reed was angry about playing with him? Patrick was, Reed, was that, Patrick Reed, yeah. who won the Masters, who has a rather checkered history where he got kicked off the golf team at uh, Georgia. I want to say before he went to yeah, Augusta yeah, State. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember remember the fallout between yep. him and his wife and his mm-hmm. in laws. Yeah. Uh, after they got married, and there was a lot of talk about what's what's with this asshole Patrick Reed. I kind of defended him a bit back in 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 April when he won the Masters, and now I regret every bit of it because he's running his mouth afterwards, saying, "I don't know why Jordan Spieth didn't want to play with me. We make each other better." And you know, his wife was popping off on social media. Hey, hey, uh, Patrick, you sucked this week. Shut your hole. <laughs> take the L and move on. Right. Right. Yeah. But this I mean, is why me, this is why we lose these competitions. We do finger pointing and we're into it ourselves. Y- you missed how zonked out of it Tiger Woods sounded and looked during the competition. Yeah, I, I did see one of the interviews uh, online of him. Yes. And do, do, you, do you think do you think he's on some meds for his back? Is that yes. possible? Yes, yeah. and there, it's not illegal to be on meds, but. If you're so zoned out that you've got the thousand yard stare and you're slurring your words, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be playing golf or he- operating heavy farm equipment. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. All right, we're not coming back to the Ryder Cup because we just deal- dealt with it there. Uh, what yep. was? The- oh yeah, college football. Two things. Yep. Uh, Do you see the Jimbo grab at Texas A and M of the player by the face mask? Yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess in light of the Maryland thing, and boy, I, I just read the, the Post account of, of uh, their investigation. Uh, why, by the way, has uh, DJ Durkin not been fired yet? Because I, I think they're trying to work out the money on, on how it's, you know, they get, they're going to have to pay the McNair family. Uh, so is Durkin it, is due so is it money. So is it just wrestling over money? They're like, they're seriously not thinking about bringing him back, are they? Oh, they can't. They okay. can't possibly bring him back. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. That that that's that ship has sailed. I think it's just how they're going to work it out. Who's going to accept the blame? You know, they've got this. They're going to have a civil suit uh, and and all that. So I I, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, you keep grabbing a player by the face mask that used to work for Frank Cush, you know, forty years ago. 
But yeah, um, yeah, you know, Jimbo better win. If if the, if you win, they overlook that. But that's that's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, no. Yeah, Fish, uh, Jimbo grabbed the face mask of a linebacker. Trying to find his name here, they don't list it right away. Whatever happened to journalism, Andy? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> You're like I don't, I don't know. I, well, I mean, here's, the, right, hold the, on, the, hold the, on, hold on. Here's the lead. Ready? This is from yeah. CBSSports.com. Jimbo Fisher had huge expectations entering the season at Texas A&M after getting a monster contract to leave Florida State. Aggies started the season 2-2, two and two, blah, 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 blah. On Saturday, Fisher grabbed a Texas A&M linebacker's face mask in the huddle during a timeout, taking more steps toward him after shoving him away. Backlash for the altercation was swift. People simply... What's the name of the linebacker? What? <laughs> what? How is that not in the lead graph, as you like to say, graph? But but the, the, why the is issue, the linebacker's name not right there? Fisher grabbed Texas A and M linebacker Bill Smith by the face mask. That's because he's not, not important to the story. It's it's whether or not the coach who makes what eight million dollars a year should be disciplined. That's that's what the story is. You know, everybody has now learned the name of Charlie Bauman. You know, Charlie Bauman is yes. Tell Charlie people Bauman who Charlie is, Bauman was. Charlie Bauman was a, uh, I think he was a linebacker for, for Clemson, and they were playing Ohio State in the Gator Bowl, and he intercepted a pass, and he came over to the sidelines, and Woody Hayes slugged him. And Keith Jackson, who was doing the game, didn't even say anything about it, and uh, and nothing happened until the next day, and Woody Hayes was fired. Yeah, he was uh, fired for that. The linebacker's name is Terrell Dodson, and Terrell Dodson said that Jimbo was in the right and that it was no big deal, and he did the right thing. Basically, Jimbo well, wanted to. Say that. He wanted to separate because uh, I guess Dodson was scuffling with another player from Arkansas and going to risk a penalty, and so he went out there and grabbed him. I still yeah. think Andy, in this day and age, coaches shouldn't do that. They shouldn't react no. that way. That it's just it's a bad optic. It's also bad because some young player is going to get ginned up and go at a coach and swing at a coach, and then. Then it's a bigger deal, and yeah, and I would yeah. feel bad for the kid because a nineteen-year-old kid in the heat of the moment who's got a coach grabbing him and pulling him by the face mask, humiliating him. If he takes a swing at the coach at that moment, his career is ruined, and a kid doesn't deserve that because a hot-headed coach doesn't know how to react. Agreed. Uh, look up the name Jim Wisman, who was a basketball player at Indiana in the mid seventies, and there was a picture on the pages of all the papers of Bob Knight grabbing him by the jersey and pulling him over to the bench. Nothing okay. happened tonight. Nothing. Yeah. Well, Nothing. Oh, there, yeah, there it is right now. I'm yeah. looking. Yeah. <laughs> Grabs him and yells at him. The other thing was uh, <laughs> Penn State and uh, uh, Frank- oh, God. Yeah, uh, Franklin. Not Ron yeah, Franklin. God. Yeah, the Franklin is the coach, yes. yes. Why, why, are coach you having, why are you having <laughs> brain lock <laughs> as well? Co- coach Franklin, yes. No, I'm not moving off this till we get it. <laughs> Coach Franklin. I got to look it James up. On my Franklin. Phone. James Franklin. James Franklin. James Franklin, right. Yes. James, James Franklin. Uh, <laughs> he, he goes for it on fourth down late in the game, and they run a horrible draw play that gets smashed for negative seven yards. They lose the game to Ohio State. That wasn't such a big deal, although people were going to second-guess him. It looked like a shitty play call. You got uh, their quarterback, McSorley, was running like a banshee. Trace McSorley. Yes. Right. McSorley was running like a banshee all night long, right? Yeah. 
And then you don't even let him have the option to run or pass on a critical fourth down play. Pretty stupid, but we're all play callers, right, in our own minds? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. It wasn't so much that. It was that as Franklin's walking off the field, a Penn State fan yells at him, and Franklin stops and turns as if to go after the fan before finally realizing this is a losing proposition. Well, did you hear what the fan said? What did he say? It, 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 the fan said, I love you, but that was a terrible call. That's that it? set him off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't insult his family, didn't insult his, his heritage. He, he said what right. most I love you. fans were probably thinking yeah. at that time. Yeah. You've done a great job here at the school. We're back as a national power, but that was a ridiculous call. That's all it was. You know what? It just shows you how high-strung these coaches are. Oh yeah, they yeah. they yeah. are wound tighter than a banjo string because the pressure yeah. to win is so big, and yep. every one of them not named Nick Saban realizes they're still not good enough in what they do to beat Nick Saban. It's got to be infuriating. Oh. Although they they uh, they did not cover this week, they were forty nine point favorites in that game, and I think the only they're one up- by. They're up fifty. They're forty-eight point favorites. They're up fifty-six to nothing, and then yeah. basically took took their foot off the gas. Right, right. He's 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 got it. I mean, he's got two things going for him. One, he's a great coach, and two, he's got a heritage program. He's got one of the great football programs in the history of college football, yeah. and he he's built it to the point. I mean, also, you know, you watch NFL games now. And because they're always in that sweet spot, three thirty on CBS, it seems like every game is yeah. is, is an Alabama game. Yeah, you know these guys when they get to the pros. So so they're they're well known. They're marketable. It, it, it doesn't really make sense to go anywhere else. Look look at this kid that this kid uh, Cam Sims who who made the Redskins opening day roster. He didn't even play at Alabama. I know. He didn't play. He, 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 he got like, you know, 20 passes his whole career. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. All right. Hey, by the way, tell your son, Jeremy, nice choke by the Cubs as the Brewers yeah. sweep in and steal the division title from under their noses. I bet your son, right. who's a big Cubs fan, is pissed off. Yeah, I know. But you're, you're, you're semi-invested in Brewers, aren't you? Because you've been I'm doing very, radio there for I'm happy a long for time. Him. Very happy for him. Yeah. This is... Look, this is huge for them. I mean, they won their division once in 2011. They were a wild card in 2015, I want to say, and or maybe vice versa. And then the last time they were in the playoffs was 82 with Robin Yount and Paul Molitor. That's the last time they were in the playoffs? Wow. No, it's like 82, 2011, 2015, and now yeah, this but, year. But- but the 82 game, I remember the 82, that was before, you know, you had uh, the wild cards and all that. And they played the Orioles on the last game of the season. The winner was in the playoffs, and the Orioles had Jim Palmer pitching. And it was like a, you know, it was like a lopsided game, like 9-2, to two, something like that, Brewers won. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. this is huge for them. That's why, like, 50% of the stadium, uh, 50% of Wrigley on Monday was Brewer fans. Yeah. Because it was, was, not, it was not a sellout, believe it or not. Yeah, I was wondering how they got tickets. Yeah, that that you would think that the Cub fans would pack the place, but no, that's that's because the Cubs have had recent success. They and won it, the World Series two years ago, and it was an unplanned game, so yeah, you true. literally had less than twenty four hours notice. Uh, by the way, it was eighty two. Sorry, yeah, eighty two oh eight and twenty eleven. 
Okay. Actually, yeah, 80, 80, no, I'm sorry, 81, 82, 08, and 2011, and now yeah. this year. So there you go. Yeah. All right, Andy, anything else? we got hockey starting up on Wednesday. Tom Wilson's already facing a double-digit suspension yeah. for a cheap shot in the preseason. Banner goes up on, on Wednesday night inside the house that Ted built. It's just nice to have a championship banner and not an attendance championship banner hanging in the rafters. True. And, and to you, and you are a big Caps fan because you, you went yes. when you were a kid many times, so I consider you a, a longtime Caps fan. Do you have a sense of complacency going into the season, as in what happened this past season was good enough to hold you for a while, or do you hunger for a back-to-back championships? I mean, I want them to win another one for sure. I think yeah. the chances of that are less than 50%. Yeah, I, I thought I, I saw Joe Beninati over the weekend, and I said to him, I said, you know, the, the party just ended like Tuesday. So, uh, you know, the chances of them being ready to start the season, he says, oh, no, he says, he says, Alex is at the point in his career where he knew he had to come in in shape. He said Backstrom came in in shape. These guys are ready to go. The big question is the straw that stirred the drink is gone. You know, Trotz is not there anymore. It's Reards. Uh-huh. and. And will we see, you know, because we had that with Richie Pettibone and uh, Joe Gibbs to some degree, although there were extenuating circumstances, but, you know, without the coach, is this a team that can go far once again, or did they rely a lot on, you know, the way he motivated them? I don't know. Currently the Caps are the seventh favorite to win it all. Lightning, Bruins, Leafs, Knights, Jets, Predators, Penguins, all better odds. Than the caps, so maybe well, maybe that's maybe where we, they do better. <laughs> I know. They, that, maybe we play. Maybe we play the disrespect card. How about that? Yeah, we're being yeah, disrespected be. right here. All right, Andy. Good to talk to you as always. We'll chat next week. Hi, right, Dave. See ya. We'll end on this today. It's been one year to the day of the horrific mass shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada, from the Mandalay Bay by one Stephen. Paddock, who killed 58 Las Vegas concert goers at a country music festival and wounded nearly 550 more of them. Story one year later says experts dig deeper to find shooters motive, but otherwise they are still at a dead end as to what the hell was going on. I read the story in the Wall Street Journal, and they you know, quote a lot of people involved in law enforcement and profiling and everything else. And I get through it, I get through it, and they're like, uh, yeah, we got, we got nothing, basically. Uh, the one thing that was apparently discovered is that his finances had dwindled from $2.1 million. His bank accounts dwindled from $2.1 million down to just 530 grand in the 2 years before the attack but the sheriff Joe Lombardo of the Las Vegas Police Department said they were not able to definitively answer the why and of course you know the story talks about and and I I went right to the comment section which I always do cuz I got to read the wackadoo comments from people and that got me to go down a rabbit hole of hmm what's interesting well eh, I don't know well, that can't be true but I remember early on, there was news reports that claimed from reputable news outlets, like the Los Angeles Times, or supposedly reputable news outlets, that claimed he made his money 
as an expert video poker player. To which many people said, ha 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 ha, bullshit. No chance. There is no such thing that these machines, slot machines, video poker, are programmed by the numbers to spit out and return between 90 and 98% of the money you put in. So in other words, you play video poker long enough, as this guy apparently did, you will lose money. That's a guarantee. That is not a theory. That is a guarantee. They're programmed to take your money. But that was what we were told. Now, there's a lot of shoddy reporting. I was totally into this story and read about it all every day for a month, if not more. And it was fascinating to me and sickening and awful, all wrapped up into one. And I wanted to know more. I wanted to know over at the security guard. I wanted to see the layout of the rooms. I wanted to see more evidence. What the hell? What's going on here? Give me some video surveillance footage. What, what do we have here? How did this happen? How come they didn't see it? Uh, what are the security protocols? da 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 Okay, so now, it's been a year later, the authorities say, well, we got we, we don't really know what it was. I go to the comments section, because there's always people with helpful theories in the comments section, and it's all over the map. I mean, it's people saying, you know, his girlfriend was an FBI asset, and did you know that this, and he was on this medication, and did, how come they're covering up this, and ISIS that, and... Antifa, and how come it was all, you know, sure, a mass shooting at a country music festival where you're not likely to find many Democrats, you know, those kind of comments. Throw all the crazy things. I mean, this is going to be, unfortunately, this horrific event is going to be a conspiracist's playpen for many years to come. Here's the only question that I have, and it's a rhetorical question, I guess, of sorts. Where can I go? And how can I know what is actually true about the particulars in the case? Like, in other words, where can I go to get a verified, vetted set of facts regarding they investigated his computers and they couldn't find this? Or he made this many purchases of the guns in this location, that location, and they were all done legally. He was on medication, but here's what they were. And like... I just want to. I want. I want the verified game pieces of the parlor game, which is what the fuck was wrong with this guy. Just because I'm curious, that's all. And I'm not sure in this day and age that you can even get the accurate answers. I know that there is an official sheriff's report and I guess an FBI report on this, but are they totally truthful? Ah, I know what you're saying. Oh, you sound just like one of the kooks. All I'm saying is, I would just like to know the facts. And I'm not sure we're ever going to get the facts on this. And truthfully, even if he had all the facts, it's quite possible that this was a out-of-nowhere, lone wolf, crazy, doesn't-fit-any-profile, sociopathic, psychopathic act by somebody who was just ready to punch out a life and wanted to do so in a blaze of not glory, but in a blaze of hatred. In a blaze of, yeah, why not? In a blaze of complete mental, psychotic rage. Don't know. But it was uh, it was awful. And uh, yeah, I don't know how to conclude my thoughts on this other than, hey, if anyone really knows where I can get all the basic facts... Let me know. I'd like to 
go look at the puzzle pieces and just kind of think about it. Like, hmm, I wonder about this, wonder about that. All right. With that said, why do I leave people on a down note? Damn you. Don't don't you even know Broadcasting 101 or Podcasting 101? Leave them laughing. Leave them laughing wanting more. Not on a down note, idiot. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow, Drew Olson. Download, subscribe, comment, like, tell three friends. Congratulations, Brewers. Congratulations, Dodgers. Premium Zabe can be had at zabe.com slash premium. Sign up for the Monster uh, Week Number 5, Football Five Ways Friday. We keep getting better and better. Thank you for all the feedback and compliments on the Friday Football Podcast. Only $4.99 a month, and it helps support this very podcast. Now go troll somebody online in a LeBron versus MJ argument, and we will see you next time. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just 2 bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. Dot com.